Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Thank you all that fresh intimacy. You want to reveal who you are. You want us to experience you in a new and fresh way not in our feelings and emotions in that sense. You want us to experience the reality of who you are. You want to show us more of your nature, your character, to be in awe of you, to be captivated with you. The time with you is not a chore or something we just do time with you, living in step with you, is the desire of our heart, it's the desire of our life, not to run in and out of your presence, not to see what we can get from you, but to be with you. be overwhelmed with you. Father, we read in Acts 10, 38 that Peter describes Jesus as a man who went round doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the enemy. last little part of the sentence says because God was with him Father we know that you were with him because he'd been with you Father I thank you you are You're wanting a church, you're wanting a people who know you, who are intimate with you, who aren't going to be blown around by the latest trend and fashion and fad, the latest thing that's being said and spoken, the latest, the way we do this, that or the other, or what's going on in society and culture. That these things don't blow us around and knock us off course and cause us to be shaken to the core in our lives. We thank you that you do the shaking in us. You do the working in us. But you do it in that place of intimacy where you reveal who you are. You speak into the depth of our being. You become the the anchor, the plumb line, the certainty, the definition in us because your word and your spirit shape us in you. Show us who we are in you. Father, I thank you, you're building in, in this place of intimacy, a resilience against the lies of the enemy, the agenda of the enemy, stuff that's kicking off in society, in the world. All the different agendas out there. We thank you that we don't run to other people's agenda. We run to your kingdom purposes. 
And you want us to be stable in that, secure in that, because we're stable and secure in you, because in that intimacy, in that intimate place with you, we know you. And we thank you, Father. You want that Greek word, nosko. You want a people who are face-to-face, that we know you as an intimate face-to-face people. And we know, Father, that takes time. To be face to face with somebody takes time. Where we're not just talking about things, but we're face to face, eye to eye with you. Father, I thank you, you don't just want a busy church. You don't just want a church with loads of activity. You want an intimate people. It's in that place of intimacy we hear your heart beating. It's in that place of intimacy we hear that still small voice. In that place of intimacy, there's that yielding and surrender to your will, to your plans, to your way. In that place of intimacy, there's a delight, there's a joy that is released. There's something that happens in us where we're satisfied, we're fulfilled in you, with you. It's not that anything else then would be a satisfaction that we need this or that or the other to feel fulfilled or satisfied or worthy. Because in that place of intimacy, all our worth and value intrinsically comes from you because it's in you, because you are the one who is the worthiness in us the satisfaction, the fulfilment in us. I thank you, you're going after a mature church. You want us to to mature as a people. Because of the days ahead, the challenges ahead. You want a mature people that we don't shift on every women fancy. But we're secure in you. We know what you're saying. We understand how to live in the times that we're in. Full of faith, but yet full of love. A people of mercy, a people of compassion. Yes, mercy that forgives, mercy that doesn't take offence, mercy that goes the extra mile whenever people speak badly of us or treat us in ways that maybe in the natural we say, I've got a right to be angry, a right to be annoyed. But yet your mercy says, hey, forgive. Love your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. We thank you that's the front end of your mercy, that initial point of forgiveness and grace and compassion going out. But yet, Father, we know your mercy is more than just forgiveness. That Jesus, you came in your mercy to reconcile us back to you. You came to deal with every guilt and shame and pain, every separation, every sickness, to overcome the power of sin in your mercy. 
It was to deal with every agitation, every sense of debt, everything that could separate us from you. You came with your mercy. And Father, I thank you that your word says, blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy. Father, I thank you. You are enabling us to be a merciful people. That we overflow with your love. We overflow with your compassion. We overflow. As we heard last week, with the fullness of your glory, that you said, let your glory, the glory that's in us, overflow, be released. And the same with your mercy. The majesty of your mercy. That you came from your throne of majesty, of glory. And you came down to earth to a human race that so desperately needs you. And Father, we thank you that right now in this 21st century, 2,000 years after, you came and you laid your life down and you demonstrated your mercy, your grace, your love, your compassion. You place that same mercy in us, Father. Mercy for one another, to be gracious, forgiving towards one another. But also to a world that is in such a desperate need of who you are. Thank you, Jesus. There is no condemnation in your mercy. There is no judgment in your mercy. Because your mercy withholds judgment. It withholds how we deserve to be treated. What an awesome God. What an amazing God you are. You don't treat us as we deserve. You don't even treat the world as it deserves. But you come to reconcile, to restore, to heal, to deliver, to set free in your mercy. Maybe just wherever you are, whether you're in the room or you're at home at this moment, maybe just thank him first of all for the mercy that he has shown you the way that he has not treated you and me as we deserve. He came, first of all, with his, his love to take on every sin, the power of sin, death, sickness, overcome everything the enemy would try and trap us in. He came with his mercy, demonstrating his love so that we can come to him and say, Father, forgive me. I don't deserve you. There's nothing in me that is good, that deserves your goodness and your love and your life. So I come before you, Jesus, and ask you to forgive me for every sin. Cleanse me, purify my heart. That took place maybe yesterday in your life, maybe many years ago. But he came in the power of his unending mercy to separate you from the power of sin, to bring healing and wholeness into your life. Maybe just thank Him for His 
healing in your life. Maybe mentally he's sorted you out. Emotionally, you're now a stable person. Maybe physically you've been healed, restored in different ways because of his mercy. Jesus came to you and I like the Samaritan the good Samaritan on the road. Maybe the religious people passed us by. Maybe others didn't have time for us, but Jesus had time for you and I on the side of the road. Maybe some of you felt like your life was left for dead and you've just left on your own, isolated, lonely. Nobody cared, but yet Jesus came along and He tended to your life. He tended to the wounds. He tended to the pain. He tended to the suffering. And He picked you up and He said, I'm going to cleanse you. I'm going to heal you. And He paid the price. No matter what it costs. Maybe like Bartimaeus when Jesus was leaving Jericho. Bartimaeus had heard about Jesus and he maybe was walking, well, he must have been walking past on that road and Jesus was leaving and Bartimaeus was like, this might be my last opportunity. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He, he understood that the mercy wasn't just Jesus, forgive me. He understood if he could get the attention of Jesus, he said, have mercy on me. What that meant was, Jesus, you can heal me. You can make me whole. Have mercy on me. Show me your mercy to make me whole. And when Jesus turned to the man, he said, what is it you want me to do for you? And he said, I want to see. And Jesus turned to him and said, your faith has made you well. And then the word says, immediately the man got his sight back and began to follow Jesus. God has called you and I to be people of mercy, people that overflow with mercy. There are people that are crying out in their lives. They might not at this moment know who to cry out to but there's a cry in their lives. Like the guy left for dead on the side of the road, there's a cry coming up from people's lives and we don't want to live with blinkers. We don't want to live with blind spots in our lives to miss the person that's crying out, saying, who can help me? Is there anybody that has an answer to my questions and the things going on in my life, the hurt, the pain, the confusion? It's like Bartimaeus that cried out and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus said, what can I do for you? I want to see. There are people that believe have a different religion than we do. There are people that have a different lifestyle than we do. They have a different philosophy about life. There are many people being active in pushing for their own agendas and doing certain things at this time that would, yes, want to affect Christianity, how we can proclaim what we believe in different ways. And 
yes, we stand for the gospel. We stand for the word. But we don't take offense at people. What did Jesus say when he hung on the cross? Having been whipped, beaten, spat on, his beard plucked out of his face, a crown of thorns sunk into his skull. The verbal abuse, the physical abuse, everything that people did to him on the way to the cross and as he hung there on the cross, the nails in his hands and his feet, the pain that he was in hanging there. An innocent man who'd done nothing wrong, who didn't deserve to die. As he hung there on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And we have a world that doesn't understand. They don't know what they are doing. People in confusion. People in fear. People in trauma and pain. And people lash out and people live out and express in many different ways. Things in their lives because they're living from a place of confusion or pain or don't know their identity. People are living from that, that place and so they, they have to express it in some way or other. And many of that doesn't agree with what we believe and all of that. But we're not here to stand up and say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And just put them in a box in a corner because we want to win the argument. We're not here to argue with anybody. We're here like Jesus came to demonstrate the mercy, the love, the compassion that he showed us in the same way that he loved us, we love others. John 3, 17, we, we, we quote 16, but 17... It says that for God didn't send Jesus to condemn the world, but to save it through him. There's no condemnation in the gospel. There is no condemnation in God's mercy. There is no condemnation from Jesus. He just pours out His mercy relentlessly, relentlessly. And anybody who's open, anybody who's searching, looking, His mercy will come to them like a flood into their lives. And God has called us as the people of God, as the church, to be a merciful people. 
And when we encounter Jesus, when we have that time of intimacy with Him, you realise as you're before Him, whether you're on your knees or however you are before Him, you're just in awe of who He is and, and you're overwhelmed with His love and His goodness and His mercy and His majesty all at the same time. And all of this kind of just hits you and you're like, God, I'm just not worthy. I'm not worthy. But you're not left condemned. You're not left put down. If anything, you're left more in awe, more in love with Him, more desiring Him because you realise how good He is, how amazing He is. And, and your response and reciprocation is, God, I love you. I want to worship you. I want to live to know you, to acknowledge you, to glorify you. And that's what He's doing in us at the church at this time. He doesn't just want to give us a five-year plan and A to Z of how to get there. He doesn't just want to give us a new roadmap. This is what church looks like now. Get on with it. He's not going to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. He's basically saying to us at this moment, will you come to me? I want you. Will you be with me? I desire you. I long for you. Not just a hand's length, arm's length, but I want you. I want you to be with me. Sit with me. Be in my presence. Let me be with you. Let me overwhelm you. I love what was said last week. God's love is endless beyond measure. When we're overwhelmed with God's love, we will not be overwhelmed by anything else. When, when we are overcome by God's love, by who He is, we will not be overcome by, overcome by anything else. When we are consumed with God's love, with who He is, we will not be consumed by anything else. When we give ourselves to cultivate an intimacy with Him, we will not be intimidated by anything else. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. This word is often used to define clemency, forgiveness, holding back punishment. But the Greek word, elios, is so much deeper than this. It means to relieve affliction, alleviate suffering and distress and misery. Mercy is compassionate for the destitute and undertakes to reduce and remove their suffering. And this is magnified, signified in the salvation that God came to bring to forgive and reverse all the adverse effects of sin and to relieve the sinner from their guilt and from their shame and bring them into a freedom of fullness and a purpose that God has for every person on this planet. So Jesus, we thank you for your mercy. Maybe some of you in the room, maybe some at home, it's like, well, what's going on this morning? What went on last week? God's drawing us into an intimacy. The church is not a spectator activity. Pastor Collins said something a few weeks ago that worship is the most important part of a gathering, a meeting when we come together. Why? Because that's when we exalt Him, worship Him, we give to Him. 
Of course, God wants to speak and work in our hearts and lives. But we, what an amazing privilege we have to be able to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Whether you're in your front room, whether you're in this building or wherever you are at any moment, worshiping, what an amazing privilege to worship Jesus. You see, these times at the moment, they're about coming before Him intimately. It's not about just waiting for somebody to lead us in a song. It's not about waiting for somebody to bring us a message. It's us entering in individually, but together into His throne room, allowing Him to come in us, to us in a fresh way. And in that context, he's going to speak and the word might come out differently than somebody sitting on a stool here or standing behind a, uh, a lectern speaking directly to us. Maybe the word's coming out in different ways. Why? Because God is working in us. He's doing it. Sometimes you encounter God in worship. Other times you meet with him when somebody's preaching and teaching. Other times we encounter in him in this way in terms of what God is doing. There is no formula that God works to. There are kingdom principles, there are laws of the kingdom that he works to, but there's not a formula. Do this, do that equals the other. Put God in a box, yeah, sussed him. Father, we thank you. We praise your name, Jesus. And just to close before we, well, I think God's been working in our hearts. I hope he has this morning. The story where he calls Matthew before he became a disciple. He was a tax collector and he was in his tax collector's booth. And Jesus already called some other disciples, fishermen and others. And there's quite a ragtag bunch of people in that sense. And they weren't all really learned you know, men that had been in the synagogue and knowing the word inside out like maybe some others did. But in their hearts, there was something in them that, that one day the Messiah was going to come. One day, you know, something's going to be fulfilled. And Jesus sees this guy in this tax booth and he calls him and said, hey, Matthew, follow me. The next minute he was in Matthew's house. He probably had a very nice house and lots of wealthy friends. They were around Matthew's house having dinner together with some of his disciples and the Pharisees saw Jesus there and they said to some of the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? What's he doing there? This is, this is not what we expect from a rabbi. This is not what we expect from a Christian. We don't expect someone who, you know, who, who says they're a godly person to be hanging out in, in situations like that and in, in, in with people like that. And Jesus hearing this said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And going forward as a church, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick, those that don't know him. And then he said this, go and learn what this means. He's saying this to the religious guys, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy not sacrifice. What's he saying to the religious guys? I'm not after all your outward actions. What I'm after is mercy. I desire mercy. And what did Jesus mean by that? He didn't mean just forgive someone. 
when he said, I desire mercy, the word he used there is the same word as he does when it says, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Exactly the same word. And what was he saying to the Pharisees? Hey guys, I'm, I'm hanging out with these guys because they need freedom. They need forgiveness. They need uh, stuff to be dealt with in their lives. They need to come in to be reconciled. They agitation and shame and guilt and all sorts of stuff. This is why I'm hanging out with these guys, to bring my mercy. So, Father, I just thank you. Holy Spirit, enable us to understand what you're doing at this time. Enable us to grasp what you're doing at this time. Enable us to see what you are doing and saying at this time. That it's not just church as we've known it. It's not just come to a building and resume where you left off 15 months ago. You went into Zacchaeus' house and you showed, you showed him your mercy. The guy on the road, the Good Samaritan, took him to a place where he could stay and be treated and sorted out, yes, from his physical wounds, but also everything else that took place. When you called Matthew, you said, follow me. What's the first thing you did, Jesus? You went to his house. Let's go to your house. Let's hang out with your friends. Let's, I'm going to bring some of my mates too, and we're going to have a great time, but something's going to start happening in your life. Father, I thank you. There's something about the home, something about our homes, something about the intimacy of who you are and your presence in our homes as we invite others in, people that don't know you, friends, neighbours, others that don't know There's something about our homes going forward that's going to be so key in what you do that our streets where we live, the close, the drive, the community, wherever we live, going to be filled with you. There's going to be God activity in and around our lives and homes because you're breaking out of a building. You're breaking out of just how things have been because you're releasing the saints. You're releasing your people. You're releasing the church, the body, Father. You're releasing who we are. It's going to be a journey of faith. It's going to be an adventure. It's going to be a challenge at times. But as we're a people of mercy, we're going to meet people with that mercy, love and compassion. We're not going to get upset when they have a go at us. We're not going to get upset when they ignore us maybe. They're not going to upset when they give us the cold shoulder. No, we're going to still going to say, no, I'm going to still go and I'm going to love. I'm not going to take offence and get upset. Still going to go, still going to love, still going to serve, still going to reach out. Holy Spirit, I thank you. That's where you're taking us. That's where you're leading us. And you just want a people that says, oh, God, I don't fully understand everything. Maybe some of the pillars that I'm used to are not there in the same way. They give me security. Thank you that you're shifting things, but Holy Spirit, I want to go where you're going. Matthew came out of what he knew when you said, follow me, and he began to follow you. Bartimaeus came out from what he'd known for years and he began to follow you. The guys came out of their boats fishing. Peter, James, John and Andrew, they, they, when you said, follow me, they left what they knew and was security and they followed you. Let's all stand together, shall we?
us all stand together for the last couple of moments. If you're at home, I don't know if you want to stand us up to you. I know sometimes standing up in your home in your living room is a bit like, oh, it's weird, isn't it? But if you want to stand or, or whatever, but let's just lift our hands to the Lord right now. Let's lift our hands to Him right now. Like Jesus did when He prayed so often, He lifted His hands and lifted His head to the Father. As a place of acknowledgement saying, Father, You're Lord, You're in control. I'm Yours, I'm here to serve You. I've come to do Your will, not my own. I've come to speak Your words, not my own. I'm, I'm available to do whatever You want to do. And in the same way, we want to live a Christ-like life. That's why we're here today. That's why we're online today. Because in our hearts, we're saying, Jesus, I don't want to just turn up for a meeting. I'm here because I want to know You. I'm here because I want to hear from You. I want to know more how to live like You, to walk like You, to talk like You, to love like You, to serve like You. And I thank You that You are in me today, Holy Spirit, you're in me today to enable that life to be released to one another, everybody around me, whether they know you or don't. I thank you. I thank you for your Holy Spirit in me. Maybe you just need to say yourself, put it in your own words, God, I'm available. God, I'm willing. Maybe you need to say, Father, forgive me where I've not been merciful. Forgive me where I've taken offence. Maybe there are some situations you've taken offence. You're really upset with someone. They might be a believer. They might not be. Whatever the scenario is right now, really important that you, you give that to the Lord. Say, Father, I should forgive me for taking offence. Forgive me for speaking badly about someone else. One thing God will never, ever do. He'll never gossip about you to somebody else. He'll never say something negative and bad to somebody else. I mean, look at Jesus with the disciples. He knew Judas was going to betray him, but he never, ever let on the other guys at the Passover. They had no idea when Jesus... said to Judas, go and do what you need to do and do it quickly. When he said, somebody, one of you is going to betray me, the other 11 were like, what? I had no idea. Jesus even lived knowing somebody, somebody was going to betray him. He lived in that environment and never had anything against Judas. He still loved him. What, what mercy. You might feel like there's a Judas in your life at this moment. They've done the dirty on you. You look bad in front of others because of what they've said or done to you. And you feel like you have to tell others and try and tell your side of the story and everything else. To, and, and you just get into a war of words and it brings conflict and friction and everything else. And just resolve in your heart today, Father, I want to forgive. I choose to forgive. I choose to let go. I choose to let go of that offence that I've taken hold of. Somebody can offend us, but that doesn't mean we take hold of that and become offended. Jesus, tough words. After the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer is all about living the kingdom life. And right at the end, he says, if you don't forgive others, you won't be forgiven yourself. Wow. That's the words of Jesus. That's not just some thing over there somewhere from someone. It's from Jesus. And we're like, what? But Jesus said those words himself. 
And we want to make sure there's nothing in us that is holding on to something because it leaks. It comes out if we do. So Father, we thank you for your cleansing power, the cleansing work of your Holy Spirit this morning in every one of our hearts and lives. Father, I thank you for healing where people need healing because something has happened, something's taken place and it has crushed someone. There's a difference between being crushed and taking offence. Offence involves anger and upset and all of that. Other times you can hear words that crush you. And Father, I just if that's your situation, you know something's happening and you feel crushed by it, right now just say, Father, I don't know how to get out of this. and I just feel crushed. I feel like flattened by this thing. Father, I just bring that person to you. I bring this situation to you. You might feel like you're doing this through gritted teeth at this moment. But the other side of this prayer is freedom. The other side of this prayer is release for you. Just give that to him right now. Father, I just give you this sense of being just crushed by this situation. Father, I hand it over to you right now. I thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that you lift off whatever's crushed individuals right now in situations. I thank you that you release people from being pressed in that way. Why? What is this? Is God's mercy. God's mercy relieves us from being crushed. Father, I thank you for your amazing goodness, your amazing goodness being released into, into our lives. Father, I thank you that you want to release your amazing goodness, your mercy through us to others in these coming days, in the way that we live, the way that we love, the way that we serve, that we'd be initiators of your mercy, going the extra mile. We thank you, Lord. We praise your name. If you don't know Jesus this morning, whether you're in the room or you're, you're watching online, you're connecting in with us online this morning. I know I've had my eyes shut and I haven't really looked at the camera. And you might be looking saying, well, could you just open your eyes and look at me? I'll, I'll have a look at you now. But just to help, I've just been concentrating really on what God wants to say. But you might not know Jesus this morning. And you've been hearing about his mercy. He doesn't treat us as we deserve. He doesn't condemn us. He doesn't crush us. He forgives, He sorts us out, He relieves us from shame, guilt, pain, all sorts of things. Why? Because that's who He is. It's not just what He does because he, he likes it. He is merciful, so He mercies into our lives, if we can say it like that. And so you can respond to Him today saying, God, I don't deserve you. There could be all sorts of things happening in your life at this moment, but you can come to him and say, God, I want to give my life to you. I want to surrender everything to you. I ask you to forgive me. I need your forgiveness. I want to be like that guy Bartimaeus that cries out, Jesus, son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. Would you come and work in me and my heart? If that's your, the cry in your heart this morning, God will come, boom, and he'll work in you at this moment. Maybe just say to him, God, I give you my life now. I ask you to forgive me of every sin, to cleanse me of that. And I just give you myself, I surrender to you. 
and ask you to give me your life to come live in me. Father, I just pray right now for anybody who's responding to you like that, whether in this room or at home. Father, I thank you. You meet with them right now. I thank you. Something happens in them where you introduce yourself to them and it's the beginning of a first step to starting a relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you love Jesus here today and at home? He's so good, isn't he? So good. Just thank him for who he is. Just thank him. Come on, let's lift our voices and just exalt him and thank him. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good, so good, so good. So good, Jesus. So good, so good. You have that mercy in you. And you can take that mercy with you wherever you go. And you might need to express that today in some way or other to other people. Something might come up today. Often when God speaks something into our lives, He'll give us an opportunity to express it. Maybe something's going to happen today or go on where you need to be merciful. And it might not be just to forgive somebody. It might be that somebody needs healing. It might be somebody needs encouragement, might, whatever it might be, to release his mercy into people's lives today. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. You can grab a seat. You're probably already seated at home. Just going to watch a quick video about the bereavement course, and then Colin's just going to come with the last few bits of info. So be really blessed, guys. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.